more than a few words of marketing conversation for small business owners. MCFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. Good morning, everybody. This is Lorraine Ball, and this morning I am talking with John Corwin. Good morning, John. Good morning, Lorraine. How are you? I'm really good. I am so excited that you could come in and visit with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. We're going to be talking in just a moment about the OR Fellowship, kind of a little of the history of the program, what it's designed to do, how it impacts the economy. If you want to join the conversation, you can always call in at 805-285-9865. And as always, you can join the conversation on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag PoundMTFW. Okay, before we talk about your fellowship specifically, tell people in 100 words or less, who is John Corwin? So, uh, John Corwin is a uh, self-proclaimed startup junkie, uh, lefty, creative, a um, little bit of web designer uh, in there, swimmer, uh, swimming's always kind of been in my genes, uh, but, but but most of all, just a, uh, a passionate person. Awesome. And you went to school where? So uh, my, my alma mater is DePaul University. I uh, graduated in class of 2010 uh, with a degree in economics, a minor in computer science. And so you are, well, you're done now then with your OR fellowship. I am, yes. My, my, my stint is complete. Uh, and a little bit kind of on, on the OR fellowship that was, something I had kind of stumbled across at a career fair at DePaul uh, during my senior year. And having seen the big entrepreneurial banner, I think my eyes kind of lit up and said, oh, that sounds fun. Uh, so I, I, I pursued it. And um, uh, actually, the, the first person that, that I talked to in the first round for the Orr Fellowship, uh, Alex Sales, was an Orr Fellow herself. And she went on to, to start Compendium. But um, it's a, a kind of two-year post-undergrad program, uh, paid, to, paid position um, at one of kind of 20 host companies, and they're, they're small um, tech, kind of high-growth startups here in Indy, right? And, and, and they're, they're, their whole thing is um, to kind of solve the brain drain here in Indy. It's all about um, kind of harboring the next, the next generation of, of business leaders and, and entrepreneurs. So the Or Fellowship, how long, a little bit of history? That's how long the program been around? Yeah, I think it. I think it started in '02. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. Back then, it was uh, only classes of about ten. Uh, they still get applicants, thousands of, of applications, and there's there's a series of three rounds to get to the program. We're now up to I think um, thirty in each class, and I know that they they do have plans to continue to grow that. So um, there is an element of scale, and certainly now. When you see all of the, the, the two classes together, it looks it kind of it dwarfs what what once was. But uh, yeah, I think they're they're at least ten years old now. Awesome. Well, and you know, one of the things that has changed in the ten years since the program's been in business, there are a lot more young tech companies that can employ potential uh, candidates and can use the resources of the or fellowship. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it, it, it's, it's interesting to see the demographic of, of who these host companies are because of the 20 that we have, around 20, um, eight for this year are, are new host companies to the program. So there is kind of an, an, an element of, of throughput there. We've got um, 
very large host companies, the, the exact targets and, and interactive intelligences of the world. But we also have real small, you know, tinderbox, small teams, less than 10 people um, that, that are, are joined. So each, each fellow's experience varies widely, right? And, and so I think that that's kind of part of the magic of the fellowship is that it's, it's kind of a speed dating or matchmaking service to plug in these young, ambitious minds into these companies that all have varying needs. And, and your, your major, your, your skill set, that doesn't matter as much as this, that you are you're ambitious, you, you're, you're passionate, and you want to just kind of roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and see a lot of different aspects of the business. And that's something that throughout the, the, uh, the admission process and something that, that I, I think was a big selling point for me was this, this idea that the Orr Fellowship is going to fit five years of work experience into two. And I, you know, I kind of found that, that hard to believe, but now in hindsight, that absolutely is the case. I would argue even more so, right? I, you are able to touch all aspects of the business. Um, and if you're not touching enough, you can just ask, and, and uh, whoever your, your mentor is there at that company will absolutely make that happen. I, I think, having worked in both small and large corporations, and, and there are certainly benefits of both, but I think early in your career, the ability to see the big picture, you're not going to see that. If you go to work for a Fortune 500 company and you get assigned to the marketing department, you're going to have a great big budget. You're going to see how marketing works, but you're not going to see how it interplays, I think, in the whole company. And I think that that's the advantage of starting your career, whether or not you ever start your own business, seeing kind of the whole picture, how it all fits together. Right. No, I, absolutely. And I, I would argue, too, that, you know, in, in a lot of these, these startup companies, this, this idea of, of these, these silos, right? The the marketing silo, the technical and non-technical. There's there, there there's always a chasm there that the the small fast growth com companies are trying to bridge that gap and get the the developers and, and the guys focused on the ones and zeros, talking with those that are more concerned about ROI. And so I think that's really kind of that's defined my experiences in the marketing department at, at Blue Lock, which is a small uh, cloud hosting company here. Um, we are we're, we're able to work both with um, directly with the sales team, obviously working with with finance on stuff related to to the CRM, but also directly with the product. So being able to kind of bridge that gap between technical and non technical has been really special. And I want to go back because you talked about the fact that you're a, a an econ yes. major. Yes. And in my experience, most of the tech fellow the or fellows that I have met are not tech necessarily right and they're being dumped into these or placed into these really tech environments yeah you know and and, and that's that's it's funny you bring that up because I, I think speaking candidly uh, I, I probably would have been better off had I majored in computer science and minored in, in, in econ now I'm not saying there isn't value in understanding uh, the business side of things I think that that's where a lot of the, the strong leaders and, and entrepreneurs are most comfortable. That said, I do find that the skills I use day in, day out, both at Blue Lock and in my side projects, they all come back to the computer science background I had, right? So it's this, this, uh, the ability to bridge technology. So not, not just a mastery of depth in just one field of code, right? But, but being able to, to understand enough to be able to communicate your needs uh, 
in kind of a, a technical ecosystem. You have to kind of, if you're thinking broadly, how can I get all these different tools to, to, to do what I need to do to achieve my goal? Okay, so let's take a look at, and kind of think about this from um, the business owner's perspective and whether or not they're bringing in an ORD fellow or they're just bringing in a recent college grad. There's that transition. What are the things you think that either Blue Lock or some of the other ORD fellow companies do well that help young professionals make that transition from school to business? Yeah, I, so. I think one of the, the earliest lessons learned was the, the kind of lack of regimen and, and always working from a rubric, a book, and a, and, and a syllabus in an academic setting to kind of in, in the real world, everything is very just uh, an amorphous blob of projects. And, and so being forced to prioritize, right, that's been probably the, the area uh, of most growth for me. And, and also, it also is coincidentally the area I probably need to grow the most. But um, learning to prioritize and, and see the big picture and, and understand um, this is the need I'm hearing and this is what, this is how I, I'm going to act on that and here's the result, right? So not not so much um, hearing what they're saying, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're hearing the question behind the question. That's actually a book that, that Mark Hill, um, the guy that, that, that actually got me into the program through it at, at Blue Lock had recommended, but um, you, you kind of have to define success yourself. And I, and I think that that's one of those, the big value adds of the Orb Fellowship is being in these small companies and, and defining success project to project. And I think the ability to see early on how, how those decisions are made, how, um, how companies listen to customers and translate customer requests in, into projects is very, very valuable. Right. And, and being that you are touching so many different um, areas in the business, I also just like that it, it, I, I always touch on the fly on the wall effect. So there are countless meetings that, that Workfell sit in on in, in these different host companies where they, they may not be necessarily playing a proactive role, but, but it's, it's a lot of the passive learning, seeing how your direct supervisor or the different aspects in the business work together to achieve something. And, and that element of teamwork, I think, in, in college, you have, you have group projects, right? But we all know how that plays out, where one person carries the torch, does all the work, and the other is just kind of kept on by. Uh, okay, I'm going to interrupt you real quickly there. Because every time we interview someone, and you ask them about their group project, they all say the same thing. Yeah, I ran the project. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have yet, in 10 years of interviewing recent college grads, found a single person that did not run a group project. That's right. So I'm trying to figure out where all the slackers go to apply yeah, the job. Yes, well, <laughs> they're not they're not more fellowship, that's true. <laughs> within the organization. So you have that go-to person that you can 
talk to about your experiences. Who is your mentor at Blue Lock? Yeah, the, the, my mentor at Blue Lock um, is Alicia Gaba, who coincidentally is, was an Orpel herself yeah. um, two, maybe three years before me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that her um, and another Orpello who were the first at Blue Lock kind of laid that groundwork and the foundation uh, for the strong relationship between Blue Lock and Laura Fellowship. But um, she is my, my direct supervisor now, and she's who uh, I, I report to and, and working with on most of my projects. That, that's been really special because um, in her two years, the company was, was uh, I think we were 10 at the time. We're up to 35, 40 now. But um, to have her kind of imbue the, the, her experiences and knowledge, pass that on to me, that, that, that's kind of been um, a, a special aspect of the work fellowship that every class kind of passes on as much as they know to, to the next class. And, and working with Alicia and other work fellows on other side projects, that's, that's absolutely the case. Awesome. As you talk to um, work fellows, both from your class and the ones before and after, some of the most interesting assignments, who, you know, who's, who do you think has had really interesting assignments, or what's the strangest? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, your, your comment that, that each Orfell's experience uh, varies, right? Your, uh, your, your mileage may vary. Mm -hmm. it, it's absolutely true in the Orfellship that, in a lot of ways, the, the host company you get, you get matched with um, can, can totally dictate how, how your experience is. That said, I think that there's also an element of, with most of the kids, the, the demographic of kids at the Orr Fellowship draws are, are kind of these, these go-getters that um, if something doesn't sit right, they're going to speak up about it. And that, that's also something that they, they really tout is, hey, you know, this is as much a car your own experience. And in a lot of ways, the Orr Fellowship is run by the Orr Fellows. So um, we, we are kind of at the helm of our careers there. I think there have been... Gosh, there have been kids that really within their, their, their first year have um, been the directors within an entire department. Mm -hmm. um, there have been kids that have, have actually gone on to start their own companies while also remaining in the fellowship mm -hmm. with other work fellows um, as kind of a subsidiary of their host company. Um, it's it's really all over the board. There there was an or fellow that was being flown actually from from ET that was flown all over the world going to uh, uh, you know out to the west coast once a month. So really, th this idea that everyone's experience is different is is absolutely the case. What I find though more than anything is uh, if someone's experience isn't what they they thought it was, um, there, there's this common theme of them going to their mentor. Uh, bringing that up and, and then kind of reassessing the situation, carving out the experience, and, and kind of helping create something that the or fellow both, both wants, but that can also kind of add value to the host company. Because really, both parties are making a pretty substantial commitment. Um, you know, uh, from the company side, um, the salary level that they're bringing or fellows in at is above a normal starting salary. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're making a commitment to keep you on the payroll for two years. Right. And um, as an employee, you're making that same commitment that this is going to be a two-year program. Right. And, and, and I think this, this idea of it being a two-year program, you know, a lot of ways was, at least for myself and for a lot of the other kids um, that are currently in the program, a, a big value add is the fact that it's finite with, with 
um, this kind of two-year cap, it a lot of in, at least a lot of these, these kids' cases, they they kind of know what they want to do, right? They they've gotten a taste. They they majored in something that that kind of uh, piqued their interest. They are considering pursuing an MBA. They're considering going on to, to law school, but they're not quite sure yet, right? And, and, and obviously, going to get your MBA, they also do like for you to have a few years' work experience. But a lot of ways, and I, I don't think this is bad, is it, it's buying these kids time to help kind of figure out and answer that question. Because, you know, I, what I, I, I always talk to my, my parents about the same thing that at least being a, a, a young business professional, you, you won't always know what you want to do. It's just going to be a series of experiences where you just kind of find out what you definitely don't want to do, right? So it, it's a little bit like bumper bowling where, where you're almost in a, in a reactive role um, bouncing from one thing to the next. But going kind of a la carte that way is, is I would argue, the, the best method to help kind of find what it is that you're passionate about. I also think, though, um, both from the employer and the employee standpoint, knowing that it is two years, um, there are a lot of people, I think, that give up too early on something. Um, and and, it's, and, and I'm, I'm not making a judgment about, about age. I, I think, in general, we have become very impatient in society. It's not working in six months. You know, let's forget that marriage. Let's forget that job. Let's do something else. And a lot of times, if you stay past that bumpy section, I think that's as much a learning experience for the professional and for the manager and seeing people come out the other side because you're committed to it. Um, you end up with better managers and I think you end up with people who realize that they can shape their careers rather than just walking away and starting over. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I think this, this theme of, of pushing the limits to kind of find out where, in fact, those limits lie. Every time you do, you raise the bar a little bit, right? And, and learning to put yourself um, in a constant state of, of discomfort is, is the best way to grow, right? There's the famous quotes from, from, from Anthony Robbins, uh, who's kind of a, a self-help uh, guru and, and motivational speaker who always talks about, uh, if, if there's one thing he, he really stressed, it is putting yourself um, learn to stretch yourself every day, right? And, and I think that that's kind of what you're, you're touching on is stretch yourself um, and, and learn to, to persevere through, you know, not every day is going to be kind of an upside. And, and, and I think that, that that is a lot of, that was kind of an interesting chapter in my experience at Blue Lock because um, in the first month I was there at the company, I worked in their, their client services department. And I, I think uh, based on my resume and the short discussions, I had, they, they thought that being an econ major, it, it maybe would have been um, a good fit for my, my playing a client services role. Well, um, coincidentally, you know, a, a month in, it wasn't the, the experience I was expecting. I think that they also uh, realized that my skill set didn't match for that. Um, and then kind of at the same time, this marketing opportunity opened up, and, and uh, Alicia kind of took me under her wing. So persevering there, that... that like you said, could have been a scenario that if it weren't for um, an, an or fellowship program to, to kind of proctor that, that discussion, they may have potentially moved on without having kind of seeked out other ideas within the organization. I think the um, the other side of it, and, and of course, you know, there's a happy end to that story because you are past your fellowship, but you now have full-time employment. 
Yeah. At Blue Box. So yeah. I guess it was a good it, it 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 absolutely it's been it's been a wonderful transition. Uh, my responsibilities grow every day. I'm I'm currently their their digital marketing coordinator. So uh, really anything that uh, would it, it it's really all over the board. I I guess every day is is very different. But as much web design, design graphic design, videography, photography, all the fun toys and stuff that I always like to geek out on anyway. And that's that's the stuff I'm doing on the weekend, right? So to to be able to, to feed my passion from nine to five is awesome, right? Absolutely. I I lead I lead the, the office as buzzed up as, as when I first walked in the door. So that's special. And you know what and I think that's the mark of any I mean, that's how you know you're in the right place. Right. I also think staying in a job a little while, um, when I was in corporate, everybody can look like a genius their first year. They come in, they shape things up. In year number two, where you have to live with the results of your decisions and you have to now perform against in comparison to yourself versus in comparison to your predecessor, that's usually a humbling experience for a lot of a lot of people, whether they're business owners or managers, where suddenly they're like, Wow, you know, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think the first year of my, my Orfellship experience was uh, you're just constantly bewildered by a, a new experience after new experience. So it is tough to see some of the larger uh, moving parts in, in the machine of the company. But really, in the second year, and I, I, I've, I've talked to, to other board fellows that, that had the same sentiment that that second year, you really begin to see and understand um, the very high level how the machine functions and, and, and all, all the different moving parts and how they're kind of interacting with each other. And that was that that's absolutely been the case for me. I would argue even just in the past six months, um, my my understanding within the, the, the how organization functions and, and also just kind of my role within it um, has grown exponentially. So what do you think as you look at the investment the community of these employers made what do you think the advantage has been for Indianapolis as a business community? What have we gained from New York Dallas? So the Work Fellowship, uh, they always stress this this idea that that we're solving the brain drain in Indiana, right? That that we are we're growing these um, these young ambitious minds here in the Midwest, and then they they flock out to the coast, be it the the Silicon Valleys or or out east. And we kind of lose all that investment. So, uh, a lot of ways, seeing the percentage of kids that do decide to stay either in their host company or continue to, to stay here in the Indianapolis community, that's considered a success or a win from from the War Fellowship in Indianapolis standpoint. I'll also say though that I think that there are of, of the fellows that that have gone and, and actually moved out and, and transitioned to to other careers or other cities. Having talked to them, they all they all Kind of confess that they will inevitably come back to the Midwest, likely Indianapolis, uh, and raise their families here. Right? That there, there's this big understanding that here in the Midwest, this is kind of the best place to raise a family. Kind of the the, the, the Midwestern cadences are something that's appreciated and a good place to, to raise a kid. I absolutely see that. Um, I am Indy's number one cheerleader and, and uh, have no intention of, of leaving. But, um, yeah, you know I. I think it's it's a lot of a lot of the success in some of these these war fellows experiences is the fact that a lot of, of the twenty host companies a lot of them are vendors or clients 
um, or partners of each other. So org fellows are working with other org fellows uh, through their jobs. And so since everyone is kind of uh, embedded in with each other, there, there's, there's always this constant cross-pollination and innovation taking place. And that's where I really like from, from you know, a startup community standpoint, when you can get the technical and non-technical people talking, that's when the, the real ideas happen. That's when uh, there's kind of fireworks. And, and so that, at least from a work fellowship standpoint, every time these kids meet, be it once a month or, or, or every other week for drinks, you, you start to see their minds uh, kind of churning and, and they're connecting the dots and, and kind of comparing notes. That's when you really, you're seeing the, the I would argue that's kind of the raw ingredients of what will be the next exact targets of the world, the, the next big logo here in town. I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think as I look at um, around the city, some of the um, or alums and things that they've gotten involved in, and it's not just the or fellowship because I also see this really nice cross-pollination between or fellows and just other young entrepreneurs who didn't come up through that path. And there is this really nice growing community. Um, right. And it is funny because um, I think we're way more connected to each other than companies are in other cities of our size. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the fact that there are so many opportunities for us to, whether it's at TechPoint or whether it's at Verge or Innovation Summit, to kind of hang out together. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I can pick up a telephone and call execs in almost any um, company here, that's a, a nice feeling. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, and being from from Louisville, right, Louisville and, and, and Indianapolis have a lot in common that they, I always see Louisville as the little brother to Indy, where I think the greatest difference lies is what you're talking about, that, that Indy as a city has an identity. It's one that we're proud of, mm -hmm. and that, 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 that's the, 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 the Hoosier flag is flying high. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it, I don't know if it's, it's due to, um, well, I guess in part it, it probably is some proximity, right, it's in these areas like uh, Verge meetups and, and kind of in the broader area where, where everyone con convenes. Well, if you're, you're rubbing shoulders with, with someone there, you guys are inevitably going to, mm -hmm. um, you know, work on that next big thing. Absolutely. Right. Um, so we are, I'm going to kind of jump one more time because we're almost running out of time. If an employer is interested in maybe talking to candidates for next year, how do they become a host company? Yeah, the, the, the host company process is an interesting one. And there, there's kind of an, an, an element of fit there as well. You know, mm -hmm. some companies are just too big. I, I, I've kind of seen the profiles of these host companies change, and they, they are, it seems like they are getting smaller and smaller, and some that their needs just change year, year to year. Um, going to the Or Fellowship website, orfellowship.org, um, there's an entire page there for host companies on how do you become a host company, what does that profile look like, um, and then, of course, they, they put you in touch with uh, our chairman, Scott Breton, who is the CMO at, at One Click Ventures right now? Um, and they can they can kind of get that conversation going. Awesome. And then students, same thing. Yeah, students. So we are in the heat of recruitment season right now. Uh, actually, we've got 
all the work fellows going out to the, the different Indi, Indiana universities for the next uh, month and a half, all the way through October. Um, but again, if they go to warfellowship.org, they'll see there in the top right an Apply Now button where they can submit their, their resumes. The application process, the, 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 the bar there is, is, is uh, pretty low. You, you really just need to submit a resume. It's not a lengthy process. So I, I do definitely hi highly encourage you to uh, submit your rep resume. It's really not much else. Okay, so if they want to catch up with you, how do people find you? Yes, yeah, so you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is jcorwin6. Uh, I'm also, of course, on, on Facebook, Google+. You name the social network, I'm on it. Um, I'm a bit of a, a, a social media fanatic. So uh, really, if you just Google John Corwin, you can find me. <laughs> enjoyed uh, today's conversation. If you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, business, startups, the indie business community, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.